welcome. This is Alan. Welcome to Alan's podcast. Today we are going to discuss local artists. And today we have our guest is Heidi Vandervoort. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Alan. How are you doing? You know, I'm hanging in there. It's a it's an adventure. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How is uh, how have you been doing with this COVID? Oh, it's moment by moment, isn't it? I feel like some days I'm accepting the reality we live in, and other days I just want to uh, escape the reality and find a find a new path of reality. Mm. How about you? I'm okay. I mean, it's been uh, an adjustment like everybody else, hanging in there, like you said. What I'm interested in is uh, how it is as an artist to be living in these times and how have you been coping with uh, the art scene and the music scene kind of like not happening. Right. It's extremely challenging. And one of the biggest challenges about it is just to even keep your dreams going, mm-hmm. to see to see, I would say, to keep seeing forward motion for your goals as an artist. Mm -hmm. For example, yesterday we found out the Metropolitan Opera, a lot of my colleagues in New York, Uh the Metropolitan has canceled their operas, basically, until 2022. Oh my God. So all of 2020, of course, and then next season they've canceled 2021. So my understanding, and I'll have to double fact check this, but my understanding is everything this season's canceled, fall, winter, spring, until the next fall. So that maybe that would be fall maybe of 2021, but I think it's not until 2022, honestly. So I don't know, I don't know much about opera, but if we're having an opera in 2022, don't you start having to rehearsals that how long does it take to get a, the whole thing together? Yeah, it's before, it's maybe, two months rehearsal for a production it's not six months or anything like that but seattle opera i was scheduled to sing this summer in a production at seattle opera Uh and it was canceled and that was a signed contract and you know i was in the chorus but Mm -hmm. i even when you're in the chorus just being a part of everything on stage and singing every day and rehearsals and working with the principal artist and it really ups your game you know, I'm still working on my solo craft, you know, uh-huh. I'm still have my own personal goals with music and I can't tell you how disappointing it is to not be like being able to do not only what you're trained to do, but being able to do it at a high level because yes, I can take a voice lesson on Zoom. Yes, I can coach with people from all over the world on Zoom. Right. It's not the same when you don't have an audience. Right. I've right. performed once in the last six months. I performed once in Seattle and it was incredible. And it was at a, it was outside in a socially distanced venue at a, um, at a assisted living center. And it, I was hired to do a program of about 30 minutes and I sang a lot of arias and they wanted to talk to me after it was wonderful. And you know, that was like a highlight for me that was back in late May. But that, that's been it. And now you can't even do those performances. Wow. The governor is pared back. So Seattle is probably a difficult place to be an artist, a performer to begin with. So this makes it even harder. Right? Absolutely. It's, and also the caliber of artists in Seattle, it's incredible. I mean, there are so many fine musicians here. Symphony really? players, oh, opera singers, symphony players, actors, writers. It, 
there are people here that I had no idea when I moved back to Seattle about 10 years ago, the, the level of talent here in Seattle is tremendous. And when you, when you take all these live art forms away, not just opera, but the symphony, classical music, um, you really, you lose, you lose so much of the culture and what, what makes it special, you know, with, with the arts. Um, but yeah, Seattle, it's, it's not as many opportunities as like New York or Chicago, even, um, even San Francisco. Seattle is a smaller market mm -hmm. for sure, but there's a plethora of talent here. So what's the draw here? If there's not that many opportunities for university for positions, oh, for okay. example, Western Washington has a excellent music school and music education school, uh -huh. university of Washington. Uh -huh. Um, Central Washington has a fantastic, I think some of the universities, I just say that to say some soloists come here mid-career or later in their career and they become professors at uh, some of these various mm -hmm. universities and they still perform. Mm -hmm. Cornish College of the Arts, you know. It's um, very highly regarded. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just, and in the in the uh, opportunities that I've been given in Seattle, which aren't, aren't as many as, you know, many of my colleagues, uh, because it is so competitive, but also I didn't live in Seattle for many years, so I'm back in the area. But um, anytime you sing with people in a small ensemble or a choir or a show, you're you're just surrounded by people who've devoted their lives to their craft, and it makes you also want to become better at what you do and and find out what it is that each artist does individually, you know, what makes us unique. Because mm -hmm. every person has something different that they bring to the table. So it's it's hard when you don't have the, you don't have the, uh, I feed off energy from others. Right. You know, I'm a performer, so we're, a lot of us are extroverts, not all of us, but right. I really feed off the energy of live performing. I know so it's not the same doing it at home on Zoom, for instance. No. Some people have done these online concerts. Uh -huh. You know, they've been able to to start doing online things from home, mm -hmm. and um, I think it really varies from individual to individual. I have not yet found a groove for that. Mm -hmm. I it sometimes, to be quite honest with you, the situation we're in sometimes it's just too hard emotionally to sing. You know, you feel the. It's a very you know, we all have dark days with this still. Right. And it's hard to find the light sometimes when you know all the theaters are shut. You don't know when your next contract is. You don't know when Seattle Opera might be doing a production again that you could be in. Um, so, you know, I, I've started to kind of turn that corner though because I miss performing so much that I'm starting to, well, if I don't get on board with some of these ideas, I'm just not going to be performing, and that that's really hard too. So I'm starting to kind of turn the corner there. Um, so what? How are some of your friends dealing with it? Because you've, I'm sure you have friends in the industry. I do, I do. Everybody's different. One of my dear friends in the area uh -huh. has moved back home to California to care for her mother, uh -huh. and she can work from anywhere. She has another full time job, but uh -huh. she's a wonderful opera singer. Um, some of them are staying home, have a family, and they're singing. Uh, teaching from home, mm -hmm. teaching on Zoom and raising their family. You know, they're juggling the family life with with work as a, as a teacher. Um, and the singing maybe is on the back burner for them too. Uh -huh. um, some people, I have one colleague of mine in the Seattle Opera Chorus. He's, he just admits, you know, he's not singing a whole lot. Mm -hmm. He has a full-time job in another field. 
and he it's just too hard to sing right now it's and you know I, I actually kind of just thought of something to share is the Seattle Opera chorus people we've been doing a happy hour every three weeks on zoom oh you mentioned that before and yeah. it is just awesome it's just awesome to like see your friends you've sang with or your colleagues and then everybody is so different with how they're handling it like some people are like yeah I'm doing an online concert and I'm getting this together to do a video virtual gig you know and someone else is saying I just haven't been able to bring myself to do it and then someone else is in between on it they're like practicing but they're not performing and I'm somewhere in the middle I'm still singing but it's hard yeah. it doesn't feel as joyful I must say it's it's um, I'm playing piano more mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying playing piano and uh, I just moved into a new apartment so the acoustics are wonderful here I'm teaching from home which is great um, so I'm enjoying the teaching the playing piano and singing singing is kind of just I wouldn't say yeah it's kind of on the back burner but when I do it when I have a lesson or when I do practice I really enjoy it but it's emotional singers are usually singers tend to be very tied to emotions mm -hmm. and what's happening in our society and and the world is sometimes it's just too much I'm sure you probably experienced some of these same emotions. Yes, I, I was gonna say another good place to practice or hone your skills is when we met at a, a senior care facility in the activities department. So that's another good place. As music therapists, they're able to practice their craft. How, how did you feel about doing that? And for, help others. And help others. How did you what feel? What a wild time to be working together, right? <laughs> yes. What a wild time to be working at an assistance. How was your experience working there? That oh, was your first time, right? It was my first time working with the elderly population or the more advanced age because I usually work with younger people right. with music. So I, I learned a ton at that job. I mean, honestly, I learned probably more in the 2.5 months. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we, we joke about how long we could all last, right? right. Working somewhere like this right. during this time. I think I learned more from that job than I did in maybe four years of other work. Wow, that's a lot I mean, of no, stuff. I'm not kidding. I mean, it was like the most intense experience I've ever had. Like, every day was, you know, the, the shifts were 10 hours. I wasn't used to 10 hour work shifts. Right. And the emotional component of being around all these people dealing with this situation of COVID, using music as a tool, we couldn't really sing well with the masks on. Right. So you're kind of doing things already in a restricted way exactly. than you would normally do. And plus I was new to that population. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but honestly, one thing I do know is I didn't realize how much every person is connected to music. Mm -hmm. Like every, it sounds cliche maybe to say, but if they don't like opera, it doesn't really matter because what you start realizing is you talk to people about music that they like and they just light up, mm -hmm. you know, especially some of the residents, they would just start telling you about a concert they went to and they can tell you details about this one concert they went to you know, I can't even remember the artist's name, but it, the memories they have, some of the best memories are music related. Mm -hmm. And the songs they like to sing with you, and they make requests of songs I've never heard of, and you know, they can sing them to you. And um, yeah, I just, it was a very, very challenging time to, to be working, and for anybody working right, right now, um, well, I missed it. You were there was a day where you performed to the music therapist, and you 
you sang and he played the guitar? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, we walked around the floors. Mm-hmm. We had like stops where we would make around the hallways mm-hmm. that were socially distant. Mm-hmm. And the music therapist would play guitar and this was for Memorial Day. And then I would sing. And I have some video clips that I haven't actually been able to to take out yet, but I might I might share a few of those. Okay, um, that'd be great. Yeah, it was again. Um, the response was great because I remember hearing about it when I went to work. They go, "Oh, they uh, Heidi and Joe put on a great concert together." It was you know. so fun collaborating with this music therapist, Joe, mm-hmm. too, because yeah. he comes from more of the pop right. side, and I come from the classical side, right. and and it was it was really. He's so good at his job, too. I just learned so much about how he connects with the residents. You know, music sometimes is a tool. You know, when you're a performer, you're you're removed from this audience. You're on the stage. But right. when you're in music therapy, you're using music as a tool right up with people, like really up close with people. To connect with them. To connect with them. And sometimes the music component is not necessarily the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's a tool right. to connect with people in their lives. And performing on stage is sometimes the, it's a different side of music. And I was more used to that. So, you know, I, I got to know some people at that job that, mm-hmm. you know, I never would get to know otherwise, probably because our lives wouldn't, Right. Cross and these jobs at eight, these jobs at the place we were working at. Right. Uh, these jobs are also not jobs where you go to work and you leave and you don't. You invest in these jobs. Yeah. You see the people around you. You don't. You don't just go in. Would it really affected you? I think. Oh, it, it was. It was so hard because right. people are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. People are struggling. Well, I don't know what it's like there now. But um, let's take a walk up there now. Yeah, right. And let's continue our conversation. Yeah, let's see how everybody's just doing. Up the yeah, yeah. Location-wise, it's a great neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think ultimately that's a career path for me, but you never know. I'm a very emotional artist. I'm a very emotional person. Right. Um, I really love teaching music lessons privately. And I do, I'm learning about classroom teaching and I do think I have some good abilities there as well. But yeah, when you're an artist, like the biggest thing is flexibility. When you're a musician, actor, writer, flexibility. Mm. You have to pivot. Right. Like that word pivot has been in my mind a lot lately. Is like- I think we're all pivoting now. Seriously, like yeah. so many people are unemployed. Right. Like actually being a musician, mm. you know, honestly, musicians have felt this a long, long time before COVID. Like this, has kind of leveled the playing field now. Like people, musicians go through periods of unemployment often. I would imagine, yeah. Just because, for a variety of reasons in the arts, but now it's kind of everybody in some way has suffered economically from this. So musicians are like, hey, yeah, we're, we already, we kind of know what this is like, you know, and uh, not trying to minimize what's happening for everybody else. But now I think musicians are kind of like, we do have some of the tools. We know how to pull the budget back. We know how to how to save when we have to. And I'm really lucky. You know, I I do feel really lucky that um, I've got a really good network of people. I've I'm usually you know I've always got my I've got my what do you say irons in the fire. I've got a lot of I cast a wide net. Mm. 
for opportunities. Well, I noticed that working in the senior care facility, there's uh, a lot of entertainers that are come in. So that's another venue you can, there's quite a few facilities obviously in the Seattle area. Do you think those will come back more as this goes better? If this numbers, if the numbers go down for- I would imagine. Do you think that those performances would even be more than before? Like more opportunities than before? Well, do you remember when we saw a video on how, I don't know if you were there that day with uh, one of the, the uh, psychologists, she gave a talk about how uh, COVID is affecting the senior seniors in the facilities. They're feeling more isolated. Yes. They're getting more, you know, they're Having declining. Some, right. And especially in the memory care. So obviously that's another way to get to residents is through music and right. singing. So I think it's right. going to, when, when they can bring them back. I think they want to bring entertainers. Yep. Residents love the health, that. The exactly. Health health, the mental and emotional, emotional and mental well-being for sure. Because I remember when I was working at one of the locations, uh, this one woman, a very entrepreneurial woman, Naomi, set up her own business where she provided entertainers to the, the different facilities. And she, she would bring them in. I think we, they had a contract with her. That's another... She would book people. She would book, yeah, through her company. Mm -hmm. we book oh, company. great. That's a great idea. Is, that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, absolutely. So she had quite a few uh, people under her. Well, kind of strangely, Alan, that you bring that up is I was thinking of something when you said that. I'm on a website called Gig Salad. That's Gig Salad. I'm not trying to advertise for uh -huh. them. But I'm GigSalad.com. I'm no. getting offers. <laughs> I'm, I'm listed on Gig Salad, and I get a lot of inquiries lately about one every two weeks from Canada. And it's kind of become a running joke now because you I've, can't go to Canada. I've been asked to sing at a at a uh, anniversary dinner. They wanted Andrea Bocelli uh -huh. outside some Italian songs, which would have been wonderful. And then this last one was a birthday party, a birthday party in a uh, indoor facility. A so like where are these in Vancouver? In Vancouver, uh -huh. and you know, kind of name. Can we go to Canada? No. Now? We cannot go to Canada, <laughs> and I don't think people in Canada that want these services because they're not—they're legitimate people. Because uh -huh. I write them back, uh -huh. and um, I don't think they realize maybe that Americans can't go to Canada. And every time I get an opportunity, it's—it's it's like this latest one was in late November. Uh -huh. I was like, surely by November twenty-first. And I talked uh, to some people, so. and they're like, Nothing's no. <laughs> so, so even that's another thing that's hard to stay positive when even when you do might have might have opportunities i was thinking of going to italy right and studying italian and going to maybe the town of verdi you know immersing myself in opera over in italy we can't go to italy americans i mean i have to get a student visa mm -hmm. we can't really travel to italy for under 90 days my understanding right now is we can't go to some of these european countries so it's very hard to keep your juices, creative juices flowing, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I think we're all watching Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, you know, and I've been just watching very whimsical, non-arty things. And I know I'm laughing because I know a lot of my friends and colleagues are doing the same thing. Mm. Sometimes you just want to check out of this, you know, and just. So know. let's see, the opera's not happening. Are there in, there's no theater right now. Um, no symphony. No symphony. So there's, it's really limited. Yeah, that's. No dance. No dance. I don't think there's dance performances, and anything they're doing is virtual. Oh. So anything you can go to, Seattle Opera is offering things online. They're offering recitals. 
from certain artists that they're asking to do concerts. Um, they are offering things. Former former operas, they're showing videos of operas before. Uh -huh. um, but nothing live. Very, very little live, I should say. There's probably a few things here and there, but very, very little. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. And I don't think it's coming back anytime soon. Well, it seems to be getting longer and longer. Yeah. It seems to be getting further and further out, mm, right? Like it's right. now. It's now. I hear people talking about 2022. Well, yeah, the New York. Like, the, what's it? The Metropolitan isn't having live opera till 20. Well, the problem is with COVID, and we know how it's transmitted. Is singing, of course. There's a lot of aerosols that are, you know, released when you're singing. Especially singing opera. <laughs> I would imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's. It's but, heightened. It's heightened speech. But the thing is, you're up on stage, right? And the audience is so far back. It should be okay, but I guess with with the fellow singers. It's the with the fellow singers and, and orchestra. Vocal. That's true. Yeah. And also, if you're going to do socially distanced opera in the seats, <laughs> that's true. How are you going to make your margin for oh, right. having the theater? Open? It's already a thin margin to begin with. It is. Imagine. It is. We're we're in a predicament here, and. Um, if there ever was a time to pivot, even to other pivot to what other careers, oh. other careers. Like I just completed my certification for teaching English overseas. Right. Not a career I ever thought I would embark on. I may not end up doing that as a career, but uh -huh. it's a time. It's a time to. Or teaching is another one. So teaching you, you're, pivot you be, to a teaching career. Right, or, that would make sense. Like if there's a time to change careers, if you're struggling as a musician, now is the time okay. because we really don't have a lot of outlets. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not performing as an opera singer full time. I wasn't performing full time before COVID. I know singers and colleagues who are singing full-time. They have agents. They live in New York. They live in Chicago. How are they doing? They are... What kind of gigs can they have? They are really hurting because their career was based on their solo performance. Right. And I'm sure they have family members that are supporting them, lifting them up, spouses. Um, those are the people that... Those are the people that really are hurt by this, to be honest with you, because... I've been juggling multiple jobs a long time, and I, I don't make my full living in opera anymore. I used to. The people who are full-time opera singers, they, they're the ones that are really, I don't know how they're dealing with it. I haven't, I only have a few close friends that are full-time singing opera, and they've, they're struggling. So now, um, how do you keep your, See, I don't know enough about this. How do you keep your voice in practice? Are you, you know, how do you keep... Fresh? Fresh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, practice, like they say, you know, practice, but practice can take many forms. Um, you know, we, we take care of ourselves pretty well. Any opera singer you talk to, usually they drink a lot of water. Maybe that's just me, but singing singing the scales, singing, singing out of our books, we... We have different guides over the years that we've had. Do you practice every day? I usually sing every day, you but do? I don't practice formally every day. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some people are really regimented. They put a half hour, hour in on exercises, and I, I'm not really doing that. Uh -huh. um, I would say every other day, I definitely touch base with the technique, you know, get, get some scales going. Mm -hmm. 
maybe just for a few minutes, get the get something going. Just, you know, I have a lesson every week. That's one of the reasons why I keep taking lessons is I'm trying to keep trying to keep, you know, that wheel turning a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. Um I guess it's funny in talking to you because in some ways, if you're unemployed right now, mm-hmm. in some ways, if you looked at this from a different standpoint, you could actually delve into your technique. If you have... It's a good time to spend it, You can actually time spend that. time at your piano. Right. You, can, you can actually take some of the books out that we don't have time to look at, some of the resources over the years that I have for, for technique exercises and things. Um, you can kind of delve into some of those projects now. So there is that aspect of it. I don't think, I think it's hard sometimes for us mentally to do those things when we don't know, when we are live performers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard to like use that time wisely instead of like I said, escaping or doing Netflix or, you know. Yeah. I think it would be wise to actually maybe invest in some of that time that we can go back, work on our technique work on things I haven't been able to maybe address before about things I'd like to improve on in my singing. Um, but it's emotional. It's a, it's a hard emotional time. I, I improve the most as a musician when I'm performing, like when I have a steady gig. Yeah, so like I said before, it's so individual. So do you have um, colleagues that you have a support system maybe, like you said you had a Zoom um, Voice call. teacher? Yes. You had a Zoom call with the opera, you said? Yeah, it was happy hour. Seattle uh, Opera yeah. puts, is putting on something for the chorus. Okay. It's pretty informal, but it's it's uh, it's open to anybody who's been singing with the last few years with the, mm-hmm. with the chorus, and we can see each other on screen, and it's usually we have a beverage. It's the end of the day, and just touch base. See what, if there's any updates to this, you know, like we talk sometimes about what it looks like performing, you know, in six months, a year, does the opera, you know, maybe is there a way we can perform again? Um, <laughs> what did you say? The, when is Seattle Opera going to be up and running again? There is no... There's no date. There's like, no, like New York officially said. They haven't officially said, oh, okay. as far as I know, but things change day to day. So I think a lot of it depends on Jay Inslee's... <coughs> Right. Uh, restrictions and what phase we're in, and we've been in the same phase now for so long. Do you know what phase we're in? I mean, phase three. I don't even know. Yeah, to be I think we're it. still in phase two. Oh, uh, well, two and a half. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think now in Seattle we've just been in the same phase for like yeah, two I months, know. three months, two months now. So, um, yeah, it's a struggle for sure. Well, um, yeah, I think. It's interesting finding out about how it's worked. How are your colleagues doing? Anybody thriving at this point? Or everybody's uh, kind of in the same boat? I do have said? a few people that are thriving, but they're not necessarily thriving in their musical life. Oh, okay. They're they're enjoying recreational activities. They maybe can take a break from work. They, they have the luxury of working from home, uh-huh. um, reduced hours. Right. Um, I don't know that I have know anyone. I'm thinking. I'm thinking now that you've asked me. I don't necessarily know of anyone personally who's thriving through this. No. Yeah. Um, I don't. If if you if I can find that person, I want to talk to them because <laughs> they would be a Zen master. You know, I. I feel the best though. You know, honestly, through this thing. When I have a voice lesson with. 
uh, Steve Wall. He, he's doing concerts. Actually, he might be an example. Shout out to Steve Wall. He, he's known as Ballard Opera Man. Uh, he's doing concerts on his lawn when uh, you could still perform outside. He would do concerts at five o'clock a few times a week. In front of his house? He drew quite a crowd and wow. he's been featured on the news. And oh, wow. He's a wonderful person and a great singer and teacher. So I've been studying with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I feel, I feel great like the rest of the day because he's also a very, um, what's the word for it? He's very supportive from a colleague standpoint too, like... You just, you have a lesson with him, you sing, work on some things, and then afterwards, it's like hitting the reset button on the positivity. And usually for the next day or two after that, I can go to practice and not be too hard on myself and just enjoy singing. Just enjoy, just enjoy the act of singing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing in our modern media age, our modern digital age, I have to say this mantra to myself. Not everything needs to be shared with everybody. Exactly. You don't have to post everything you sing. You don't have to even record everything you sing. You can just be home and sing. Like, it doesn't have to have, like, an outcome. And I think that's the biggest thing right now is most of us aren't on our game. Mm -hmm. We are not feeling like we're really on our game. So I've just kind of been letting go of that and just singing trying to enjoy it and then if it doesn't feel enjoyable that day and I feel frustrated I don't do it you know like it's kind of a good lesson I think uh, maybe some of us will take away certain elements of this when this ever ends uh, I think one of the challenges for performing artists is there just doesn't seem to be much of a end game for this and I know that's not in our power but there's really no way to know when we're going to come back what do you think I think it's going to be next year sometime, 2021. Well, that's better than 2022. That's better than 2022. Well, winding this down, do you have any words of wisdom, anything to uplift us to end on a positive note? Go back to your source. What's your source? Go back to your source. Spain. Oh. The music of Spain. The music of Spain. The passion you found... What are the, what music of Spain are you referring to? Classical guitar. Okay. Carmen is uh-huh. a French opera, but it's a Spanish theme and right. Spanish characters. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Flamenco music. Mm. Nice. The traditions of Spain and the music surrounding it that gets me going, and that's that's like one of my big sources. So I would say take away the outcome, mm-hmm. go back to your source, find enjoyment. Great. Well, thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you, Heidi. Thank you, Alan. It was such a great conversation. Thank you for sharing your uh, perspective. That's it for Alan's podcast. We will talk to you again. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.